Welcome to Daily Daf Different, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Duff Differently. I'm Rabbi Utsteyer, and today we will be studying Duff 18, Yud Chet, in the first chapter of Masechet Rosh Hashanah. Six lines from the bottom of 17b, we find a Tashma, which is usually translated as come and hear. Now this phrase usually introduces a brighter or a Mishnah, and sometimes also a Memra from an Amora. Usually this phrase uh, serves as a precedent that seems to support a certain point in a disagreement or a machloket. Now here we read. Tashma. Shalom beluria hagiyoret et Rabban Gamliel, katif betoratchem, asher lo yisapanim, ekatif yisa adonai panav elecha. Beluria, the convert, came and asked Rabban Gamliel, it is written in the Torah, Who will not lift up his face? It is also written, God will lift up his face towards you. Rabbeluia is asking about the divine forgiveness. Two scriptural sources give seemingly contradicting answers, whether or not God will be appeased. Not only is Bluria knowledgeable enough to quote scripture, she understood how these verses relate to the Midot. The description here is quite fascinating. We have a woman who we actually know by name, which doesn't happen that often. And she is described as Hagioret, a convert. Now, Beluria here approaches nobody else but Rabban Gamliel and asks him a rather advanced question on scripture, which indicates that she was learned enough to pick up on this contradiction between the two verses. Rabbi Yossi HaKohen, who is present at the moment, joins in the discussion, and he answers her in a very respectful way. Rabbi Yossi HaKohen takes her question seriously and comes up with an answer illustrated with a parable. This is a parable he uses. A man lent money and the lender swore by the life of the king to repay in due time. When the loan period expired, he couldn't pay. And so he went to the king to be excused from his promise. The king replied, Well, I can excuse the wrong done to me, but you have to go to your neighbor who borrowed your money and receive forgiveness from him. Hachanami, Khan, so Rabbi Yossi explains that one verse refers to offenses committed against God and the other to offenses committed against other people. Rabbi Akiva taught that one verse refers to God's attitude before the Gzadim and the other verse to God's attitude after Gzadim. But, adds the Gemara, 
Both is in the case of an individual. But the Gemara continues and points out that there is a difference in opinion between Tanaim. Detanya haya rabi meir omer. Two people fall ill with the same disease, or two people commit the same offense and are brought to court. Yet one recovers and the other doesn't. One is released and the other sentenced to death. Why? Because, the Gemara says, one prayed and was hurt, and the other prayed and was not hurt. Interesting here is the nuance that it isn't a question of a person praying and the other not praying. No, both were praying, but only one person was answered. So prayer is not portrayed as a miracle cure. Prayer might or might not be answered. So what was the difference between their prayers? After all, it cannot be that this is purely random. In the world of the rabbis, that is unthinkable. So there must be a reason. So say that they say, One of them was praying a shlema, or whole prayer, and the other wasn't. What does Shlema mean here? Now Rashi explains that Tfilah Shlema refers to prayer done with pure and proper kavanah. But we are still talking about the case of individuals. But the Gemara now returns to the case of the community. But is it really the case that the Gzadin de Tzibur can be overturned? It asks. We have a text from Jeremiah that seems to say otherwise. Wash your heart clean of wickedness. And another, also from Jeremiah, though you wash with natron and use much lye, your guilt is ingrained before me, declares the Lord God. This clearly indicates that one text applies before Gzadin and the other verse to after Gzadin. Indeed, a good way of reading the text in which case it seems as if communal repentance cannot uproot the final decree once it is passed. We now need to reconcile these two psukim with the statement in our Gemara that repentance by a community still has the power to overturn the din. Lo idi vi idi la gzadin. Both psukim refer to after gzadin. Velo kasha. And there is no contradiction. One case talks about a gzadin that carried with it an oath, and the other a gzadin that didn't carry with it an oath. Now we have something to rely on because we have actually a teaching of Rabbi Shmuel Ba'ami in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Minayin de gzadin shiyesh imushua For where do we know that a gzadin that comes with an oath is not rescinded? Well, from the book of Samuel, chapter 3, verse 14. Assuredly, I swear concerning the house of Eli that the iniquity of the house of Eli will never be expiated by sacrifice or offering. Now, this could be the end of the discussion of whether repentance can overturn a decree in the case of the community. Thankfully, Rabar, who is a close reader of text, comes and teaches. 
אינו מתחפר, אבל מתחפר בתורה. Right, because the verse quoted in Samuel actually refers to sacrifices and offerings. They will not bring expiation to the house of Eli. But Rabbah said, engaging in Talmud Torah, on the other hand, can. What follows now is interesting. Abaye is not happy with Rabbah's teaching. He says, Abaye says, Torah study alone will not gain expiation. On Daf 16, we remember that we studied about the things that can tear up a decree. Tzedakah, Tzedakah, Shinoi Hashem, Shinoi Maaseh. Rabaye adds, Bezevach ubebincha eno mitchaper, aval mitchaper betorah ubegvilut hasadim. Torah study and charitable deeds together can expiate. We can relate the two, Torah and Gmulut Hasadim, to Shinui Maaseh, changing one's behavior, both in the way one thinks, through study, and the way one acts, through deeds, in such a way that it constitutes true repentance and by change of behavior prevents from continuing in the old ways. The stomach comes and informs us that Rabbah and Abaye both were from the house of Eli. Rabbah, who studied Torah, lived 40 years, and Abaye, who both studied Torah and did charitable deeds, lived 60 years. Proving both points, that it is possible to expiate even Nikzadin with oath, oath against the house of Eli through Torah and Kvilut Hasadim, but that both together are the most effective way. The Gemara then ends with an assurance that there is always a possibility to rescind the final sentence that was passed on the community if and when the community repents. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.